0: great future.
1: We're talking real money. Is the month over yet? Oh yeah, it is. Good. Wow. Was there ever a month that I wanted to see end? This uh, this one this one was definitely right up there in the top many. This has just been a rough time, hasn't it? Not only with the uh the markets and what they're doing because this is a money show and that's what we talk about here on Talking Real Money Daily. This whole virus thing and health scare and what do we do and how do we do it? and Oh, world's just messed up right now. I cannot wait for it to get back to normal. And the good news is <laughs> the older you get, the less time, the less perceived time it takes for normal to return, for the bad stuff to get behind us. I mean, you know, I've, I've had some crises in my life, but uh, in fact, the last, the last one, the last big one, I think, you know, was like 12 years ago, but it seems like two or three. So things move at a rapid pace as you get older. I guess that's a good thing in some ways. You know, there's the downside. Of course, we don't want to mention that. There's enough of that talk going around. Hi again, Don McDonald here with another daily edition of Talking Real Money. I'm sneaking a fresh one in because yesterday I did the Saturday show, and because there wasn't wasn't anything going on with the markets. I didn't feel the need. Today, there's some stuff going on with the markets, and I guess it bears addressing. uh, They're down a bit at this juncture. Now, I'm recording this about 20 minutes before the market closes in the U.S., so I don't know. Maybe by the time I'm done, I'll know how it's ending. But I also needed to do a fresh podcast because we've gotten so many questions lately. You guys are asking a lot of questions being stuck at home. So I've got a couple of written in questions and a couple of called in questions. Now you can write your questions in at talkingrealmoney.com. Just click the contact button or you can call them in 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 855-935-TALK, 855 855- Nine three five eight two five five. Either way, I go through these and try to answer as many, if not all of them, but as many as I can. And I really do. My goal is to try to do them all. Although there've been a couple, not very many, but a couple that didn't bear mentioning on the air. So let's go to one of I'm just trying to type it in, <laughs> one of the ones that was sent in, because, we, yeah, we do have quite a few of those. So let's get started right here with a question about transferring taxable funds to an IRA. I have about $6,000 left in a taxable account with Vanguard. I have earmarked these funds for my traditional IRA that becomes my backdoor Roth. I have about 25% unrealized loss in this account currently. Is this a good time to sell those funds, realize the loss for taxes, and then transfer my traditional IRA and reinvest? Does or does this break the wash sale rule, and would I have to wait for 30 days? Currently, the funds are in diversified ETFs with Vanguard. When they are transferred to the IRA, they will go into diversified Vanguard mutual funds. Thanks for the great show. Okay. Yeah, when you sell something in a taxable account and have a loss, the wash sale clock starts ticking that 30-day wash sale rule, which says you cannot buy into the same product within 30 days. You have to wait 31. Now, we're getting into an area that's a little gray by going from ETFs to mutual funds, Although, let me tell you, if you went from the VT, which is the Vanguard Total World ETF, to the VTWAX, which is the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund, I I'm not I'm not an attorney, I'm not an accountant, but I think you'd be I think you'd be in trouble because it does say substantially similar. Uh, or substantially equal, or something to that effect. I don't know the exact wording of the law, but those are going to be pretty darn similar. However, if you went from the Vanguard Total World ETF, for example, to the Vanguard Total Stock Index, which is just the U.S., then there's going to be a big difference there. I think there's probably enough of a difference that you wouldn't get in any trouble. The other thing you could do is... Go ahead and sell the ETFs, take the tax loss, get them transferred in, and then uh, do do something completely different. Do another fund that might just behave well in the current environment, like you know the the 500 index fund, and then in 30 days move it into the VT WAX, because you're going to get similar performance. You're still going to get. The movement of the stock market. So it's a, it's a, it's almost a lateral move. But just to be safe, that might be the way to do it. But yeah, you would invoke the, the wash sale rule. Send in your questions to talkingrealmoney.com. Hit the contact button. And also while you're there, if you need to talk with one of our advisors, you need a little help, they do this. And they do it one time. They do it for nothing. And they don't pressure you to buy anything or do anything or become a client. We do want to help. Now, if you really want a lot of help ongoing, which a lot of people apparently need in this market, then you should probably hire us or someone like us, a 100% fiduciary, low-fee, science-based advisor. And if you want to call, well, the number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. A call is next.
2: Hi, my name is Dave. and My question is this. In those last series of downturns, at 10%, I rebalanced, and at 20%, I rebalanced. But when I get down to 30%, I was going to rebalance, but there's not enough bonds left because I take retirement income out of my fund. Okay, what was left are two products sold by Stone Ridge one is SRRIX, and that's the reinsurance, and the other one is LENDX. And that I think is small loans. What happens is these products are not liquid. I can't sell them. It seems to me that the only thing that should be in the fixed income portion of your portfolio should be highly liquid bonds that you can sell so that you can buy the stock. In other words, things in the bond portfolio should not be there because they generate a little bit more interest than a bond. They should be there for one reason, as a backstop against this declines like we have just experienced. Because I don't think those Stone Ridge products meet the criteria of a safe liquid uh, investment to have so that you can rebalance. The way I look at a portfolio is, all of the growth should come from the stocks. Don't buy things for the bond portfolio because of the minuscule little percent of interest you might get in a good market. Anyway, uh, talk to you later. Thanks.
1: Bye. Well, Dave, I, I, I think you're absolutely right in your statement, in your spoken statement there at the end of the the call. I guess my real curiosity is, why do you have these Stone Ridge products? Why do you have the reinsurance fund and the scary lending fund? I still, I don't, I don't get them. I just don't get them. I a lot of people I respect have made arguments for their benefits, but I just don't buy it. I just don't. There are just too many things potentially wrong with them. As you said, bonds, safe, liquid, that's their point. We understand stocks and bonds. They're simple. I'm a big believer in simplicity. I'm also a big believer in low fees. And let me tell you, let me tell you, neither of those funds sport low fees. They're ridiculous. As a matter of fact, their fees just for those funds are higher than our top fee, our top advisory fee plus the costs of the funds we use. So, you know, if you have an advisor, you're paying an advisory fee over and above the what? About one point. Last time I looked, they were over 1.5. I'm thinking 1.8, 1.85, something like that. So if you're paying an advisor 1% a year, then you're paying out almost 3% a year for owning those funds. How do you get past that? How do you get ahead of that? Even if an advisor does, as Vanguard claims, add 3% to your return, well, okay, you're at a wash now. I don't get them. I don't like them. Plus, I, I didn't even add this. They scare me. They scare me. What? would happen if there was well you know like something kind of like we have today some sort of a freak event a freak category six hurricane that rakes the east coast what would happen to that reinsurance fund I can tell you what happens if this economic decline gets so bad I don't think it will but what what if that consumers start defaulting on all those loans they took out that Lendex owns, what would happen? They're expensive. They're risky. The track record is minimal. short. I just don't get how all of these academics can justify them other than I think they do it because they feel the need to justify their higher fees. It's like, well, you know, we can't just give you a simple portfolio because you won't think we're worth it. Well, They don't realize that part of the worth of an advisor is not just in the making of the portfolio, but in the managing of the portfolio and, even more importantly, the emotions of the clients. That's my guess. but uh, and I, So I don't understand why you have them, Dave. It, when you get a liquidity event, if this was my money, I'd be bailing and going to what you originally stated or what you stated at the end, bonds, because they're there to provide stability and a means by which you can rebalance when they're stable and buy low in stocks. Don't get them. Again, the number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, or send your questions in via TalkingRealMoney.com. Just click on that there, contact form, and let's go to the next one. This one is about renting or buying. Tom and Don, first off, thanks for all you do. I've been listening for a couple of years and find your show and podcast both informative and entertaining. I retired last year at age 60, and we split our time between Seattle and our winter home. I'm guessing it's probably in Arizona or somewhere, but it doesn't say. Uh, It's so typical, though. That's that's where Tom wants to go. I want to go to Arizona where it's dry and warm. We sold our Seattle home last year, and we're planning on paying cash for a condo in Seattle. Okay, all right. I will get there. I'm going to go through the rest of the question before I say anything. The cash, 400k, is in two money market accounts currently making 1.8%. Not half bad. On a recent show, I, on a yeah, on a recent show, parentheses, I believe it was Tom said he would love to sell his condo. That was Tom. <laughs> it was Tom. He's been saying that for a while. His reasoning, among other things, had to do with HOA dues and the uncertainty of special assessments. Instead of purchasing a condo, I'm now considering renting. Rent would be around two thousand a month. A condo would be about four hundred thousand with four hundred dollars monthly HOA dues. If we rent, we would take the four hundred K and take withdrawals to assist with the rent. I'd like to hear your thoughts and advice on the two options. Thanks in advance for your help. This is a great. Question, very, very timely. Let me start by saying, first, I hate condos. I hate condos. There's just... They tend not to appreciate very much, except in the very best of markets, Seattle. Seattle before. Seattle before Boeing and its problems. Uh, They do have that whole issue of special assessments as they age. They're they're certainly not a guaranteed growth thing. As a matter of fact, I've seen some markets in which they took a beating. Where I live in Florida, in 2006, there were condos in my town, my little town of 10000 selling for $385 a square foot. 2006. Fast forward 14 years, even after the market has recovered, and those same condos go for less than $200 a square foot. So they've never come back from that. Give you another example in my community. There is a condo, a bunch of apartment buildings that were converted to condos. They were badly maintained, they're falling apart, and they're talking about a special assessment that would be about. per month per condo. So condo association dues would be going from, you know, like 600, which they were to, uh, you know, close to 2000. And that can happen. Yep. Rent can go up. Absolutely. But with rent, faucet doesn't work. Call the landlord. Toilet doesn't work. Call the landlord. AC doesn't work. Call the landlord. As a matter of fact, in most condos, this this one surprised me, you're responsible for your AC. They're only responsible for the outside of the wall. There was even a fight with this condo association over who was responsible for ripping the walls out to get rid of the mold. So I hate condos. I really do. Uh, Owning a house different, you're kind of in control. But still, it can be a money pit. With renting, you know what you're paying for at least a year on a lease. And you generally have something in the lease that states what the rental increases would be. If you invest that $400,000, you won't have any big surprises. You can, without breaking a sweat, probably, if you have a Portfolio with some stocks in it, pull out a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month to assist with the rent. uh, I'd rather see you rent, I really would. And the other thing you might consider doing is if you're splitting your time between Seattle and your winter home, is really downsize your Seattle presence, make it very portable, and then rent a place for seven months and pay somebody a couple hundred bucks to move that stuff into storage, then come back up and rent again for seven months, saving thousands of dollars in the interim. Uh, I, I've known a few people who've done that and done that very successfully. They kind of IKEA'd down their furniture to where it's small and, you know, if it breaks, they just go buy a new piece and they keep it in an inexpensive storage unit at $150 a month. And then pay somebody when they get back home a couple hundred bucks, a couple you know, kids with a truck or three guys in a and a pickup, or you know, whatever they are, and move it into the apartment. So I think you might want to consider that. Thanks for the note. And eight five five nine three five talk is our number eight five five nine three five eight two five five. Let's go to another phone call.
2: Hi, this is David, and um, I have a question. I heard just a few minutes ago that uh, it's to the advantage of the uh, person like me have got an IRA, traditional IRA, and. Um, Wanting to open up a Roth IRA, you said something in the effect that it is uh, advantageous to open up or to put money into a Roth IRA. Uh, I'd like to know why, if I can say so. Thank
1: you. David, here's what I think you heard. You said that we said it was a good time to fund a Roth. Well, we believe it's always a good time to fund a Roth. It's always a good time. If you got the money and you can fund a Roth, then fund it. We probably said it was a great time to move a traditional IRA to a Roth because that it is. This is one of the best times because instead of paying a lot of taxes because your account value has gone down, you're going to pay less taxes because when you take money out of a traditional IRA and move it into a Roth, you have to pay taxes on the amount taken out. Well, with stock markets down 20 some odd percent you'll be able to take that money out and pay less in taxes, moving it to the Roth where it will grow tax-free for the rest of your life. I love, love, love that idea. And we're going to take one more real quick online question Send in via talkingrealmoney.com contact or at contact. And this one is really a quick one. This is easy. Two mutual funds to own. You had on your radio show several times advice as to how to get fully invested only using two mutual funds. They were both Vanguard, I believe. Can you tell me those two? Yes, it's the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Admiral Shares and the Vanguard Total Bond Index Admiral Shares. And one is VTWAX and one is VBTLX, I believe. Uh, you can look them up and uh, you go to, go take our risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com and then uh, go to Vanguard and get those two funds. It's easy, easy, easy. Thanks so much for listening and thank you all for listening. And, oh, let's check and see what the market's done because it's about to close as I am recording this. So let's just check on those numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's little or no chance it's not going to be another down day. Again, down days are part of the part of the price you pay for making more than you would make on a treasury bill, which is right at zero. So, you want more than zero? You got to accept stuff like this. It's the price you have to pay. Thank you very much for being there for listening. For telling friends for growing this podcast we appreciate that help us do even more of that so we can save a lot of people from a lot of grief at the hands of a lot of really bad financial advice providers out there uh, and um, keep listening thanks for being there i'm don mcdonald
0: talking real money Programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?